Welcome to the Kevin and Philip Project, a podcast with two guys who love to eat, travel, talk sports, and have no idea how to raise teenage girls. Coming to you live from Salina, Kansas. Here are your hosts, Kevin and Philip. All right. Hey, thanks for joining us. I'm Kevin. And I'm Philip. Thank you for listening to us today. This is uh, podcast number two of the Kevin and Philip Project. Number two, you ask. Well, yeah, number two. Uh, we recorded podcast number one, and that one will never see the light of day. Uh, we gave it the old uh, college try. It was an interesting experience. Uh, learned about some of our habits when we're talking on a microphone for the first time, and uh, it's definitely... Uh, Interesting listening to yourself for the first time and, and uh, going through the, the editing process and, and all that that goes behind a podcast. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and uh, it was very interesting to learn the process behind definitely a little bit more work than I thought. But uh, here we are, podcast number two. Um, so for this is going to be the first one for all of our listeners to, to get to enjoy. So I guess let's start off with some introductions. And uh, Philip, I'll let you uh, go first and tell us a little bit about yourself so everybody out there listening to us knows, uh, knows who they're listening to. Okay. Hey, great to be here on our, uh, I'd wrote down first ever podcast, but as Kevin says, it's our second ever podcast. I am Philip Heath. I'm a 14-year native of Kansas and still working on getting used to this cold and wind. Never been in a place before that have all four seasons in one week, and we just pulled it off this week. But I'm here, true Oki, living here, a um, little out of my element. And uh, more importantly than that, I am a, a lucky husband with a great wife and a dad of four kids, a 16-year-old boy, a, uh, and then the death of me, three girls, 15, 14, and 11. And the 11-year-old is probably closer to 16 than the other two. And I'm learning on the fly how to be a dad of a teenage girl. And I think with Kevin's help, we're going to navigate some of these problems we have and search for some solutions. Also, I'm a small business owner in Salina, and uh, hopefully we can delve into some of the issues that uh, small business face in today's world and come upcoming podcasts. And last thing, maybe the most important thing, big Oklahoma Sooner fan, uh, Boomer Sooner. Love college football and college basketball. But my favorite team of all time, since I was about five years old, we'll get uh, get you going on this one, New York Yankees. Best team money can buy. Can't believe that. That's unbelievable. Since I was five. I really never got into OU football till I was a teenager, but I fell in love with the New York Yankees as a three-year-old. Hey, hey speaking, never left speaking of, of uh, OU football real quick, uh, so I saw an article this week on the internet that uh, there's a group of students that are trying to get rid of Boomer sooner. Have you heard about I, that? Yes, yes, because we uh, stole the land. Stole the land, you know. That's that's a interesting. Uh, that's kind of Oklahoma's identity there to, to change that. So We'd have to learn another song. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure over the next few weeks we'll delve into a lot of sports subject, Big 12, probably talk more about Big 12 than anything else. And now with basketball going uh, – I'm sure Kevin thinks that the Wildcats are on their way to the national championships, so we'll we'll jump into that a little bit. And uh, last of all, Kevin had a vision of starting his own podcast for a couple of years now, and unfortunately for him, I was sitting near him in Buffalo Wild Wings when he was asking people if they would join him in this thing, and uh, I was the only one to say yes. So, so I want you to meet the founder of this podcast and the guru of all things media and electronics and the voice on how to raise these girls. 
Kevin Yonasek. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that uh, that that topic of rage, raising teenage daughters is is going to be a common theme. So, my name is Kevin, born in Des Moines, lived in Kansas all my life outside of the first six months. So, been married for eighteen years. Have a daughter, one daughter, Morgan, who just turned 13 a couple of days ago. So she's acted like she's a teenager for quite a few years now, but officially just became a teenager Friday. So I'm in the IT business and get to travel quite a bit for work. Uh, We'll definitely be delving into some of our stories and and things around travel uh, as this podcast evolves. So it's kind of nice during the week. I get to to live the big city life. I get to enjoy some of the things you get uh, in the big city. And then the weekends, I come home to Salina uh, when when that big city gets old and come back here to small town and and definitely uh, enjoy it around here. I've lived in Salina all my life outside of my college years. A lot of good friends uh, here in Salina and uh, definitely love to be a part of the community. So from an interest standpoint, I love to uh, try new foods. I love to experience new places and travel. Uh, Love to be involved in sports, whether that's playing, coaching, watching, discussing, all the above. So, this, like Philip said, this was a, a brainchild of mine. Just wanted to uh, hopefully share a little knowledge and do a little entertaining uh, over over the course of these podcasts. So, it's kind of where we're going with this. Uh, you know, you might be sitting there asking about what the heck are these guys going to be talking about, and that that's really going to be it. Uh, just like I said, trying to to entertain everybody. Hopefully, we'll have some good stories for you. Uh, have some little tricks and and things we we like to uh, share with everybody. I am definitely a researcher, so whether it's technology, whether it's buying anything, I research the heck out of it before I buy. So uh, there's definitely going to be some times we're talking about some things that I will I will share my expertise and what I learned uh, through through those processes. So those are the things that'll go right over my head. Well, I'm, you're going to talk about some I'm things. Learn, learn right along with the rest of you. So. Um, so yeah, so one of the other things we want to talk about quite a bit on this podcast is definitely things happening locally here in Salina. Uh, hopefully get quite a few uh, Salina listeners involved in this, maybe take uh, the podcast on a road a time or two, have a few guests here or there from the area. But, uh, one of the things that, uh, I know has been, uh, driving Philip a little crazy here lately in, in the area, um, definitely, uh, I've noticed some things as well. So let's just dive right into topic number one that we wanted to talk about you know, that has to do with some of the changes that with the Salina Journal. So, Philip, I'll let you kick it off and, and fill in when I need to. I'll tell you what, uh, when I first got a big wind of this is uh, out at the golf course, the guys started talking about not being able to get the scores from a Friday night basketball game or a Friday night football game until Sunday. Many people may not have known, but I guess the, the printing is all done out of Hutch now. There's no longer a printing in Salina. And they share, the Salina Journal shared with several other municipalities around the state I guess and I, I couldn't even tell you who they all are and I am not a big buyer of the Salina Journal I read it online so so uh, I couldn't really tell you honestly what all is in there uh, as far as the advertising but I think Kevin you even said that there's you, you one day said uh, didn't even realize we had this restaurant in Salina and it turned out it was made maybe it was in Ottawa or somewhere like that so uh so we're no longer truly a local paper. I think people get their news in a million different ways outside of the traditional newspaper. Hey, one of the little things, that Kevin listens to podcasts all the time. I read Twitter quite a bit, get a lot of my news off Twitter. But the truth is I probably get more news on Facebook than I get yep. anywhere. Um, just, I mean, it just it is what it is. Um, 
but the, the the unfortunate thing is the the kids probably don't get covered the way they got covered whenever I was in high school. I I can remember when I was in high school, it was a big day to get either me or one of my teammates' picture on the front of the sports page of the uh, Shawnee News Star or the Ada Evening News. The kids still get that here to some extent, but I don't think it's as good a local coverage as it was five years ago or even ten years ago. And probably a lot of the old writers are uh, are retiring because they're just there's not jobs out there for them at this point. And um, who might miss out the most are the schools like El Saline and southeast of Saline, and because uh, I still see Salina, you know, Salina Central and Salina uh, South. They're in the paper. Their kids are in the paper some. But the, the kids in the rural schools, that's, forget it. And I'm a rural school kid. I went to a Class B school in Oklahoma, graduated with 24 people, and uh, 80% of them was boys. So it's almost like I went to an all-boys school. And the girls were all my cousins, so <laughs> yeah. I never had a date in high yeah, school. Yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. I mean, you're absolutely right. It, you know, the, at the end of the day, business has to evolve, and, and uh, there's no doubt, uh, you know, from a newspaper standpoint that that business is, is definitely – slowing down and i'm sure there's not as many subscribers uh, as there had been in the past so they had to do something different personally i i'm i'm the same as you i I read the paper online every morning still do that i don't know if i'll renew that when it comes up it's uh you know it it definitely is a regional paper and i'm sure that's another business decision they've made to to try to to get more subscriptions is to cover a bigger area probably some of those Smaller towns had some newspapers that, that went out of business as well, and that probably helps. But, yeah, it's interesting to get up in the morning. Um, again, I've been in Salina for 41 years. Used to Salina Journal, get up in the morning to read the paper, and on the front page of the paper is a bunch of pictures and articles about uh, something in Hayes or Great Bend or something like that. It's definitely different. The ironic thing is here, and, and I'm with you. I get most of my news today from from Twitter and, and Facebook and the social media realm i guess if if you want to include podcasts in that as well but print news they uh you know they they blame social media when you when you talk to them they say social media is killing our business yeah many of those party i mean somebody needs to blockbuster had a uh, business model that failed you know they should have they should have got on the on board faster with the digitalized streaming and those kind of things but they 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 lost their chance and I'm afraid that's what's hap- going to end up happening with uh, some of these small – the small papers you know don't have the resources, so they're just gone. The small town papers, the county-wide papers, things like that, not enough subscribers or advertisers yep. to even make it worth well, their while. Here, here's what's, what I find funny about This is the irony of the whole situation is the newspapers are saying, well, social media is killing our business. But at the end of the day, the business decision those guys are making from a newspaper standpoint are are forcing me to go get my news from – Facebook and and Twitter and social media. So it's kind of ironic that they're blaming that. But at the end of the day, the decisions they're making are are causing me to to find other sources of of local news and going to those locations where uh, they're saying is what's killing their business. So it's it's definitely interesting, uh, kind of a catch 22 there for them. But it, it, it is unfortunate that I can't get up in the morning on Saturday morning and see the local football scores. I can't see the local basketball scores from high school and, and even local colleges to some extent. Obviously, that's a day later, but it, uh, it definitely changes where I'm going to get news. And Well, you know who it frustrates the very most? Your 50-plus-year-olds. Very frustrating to them that do not get up and have Facebook and don't. That's the men that are sitting out at the golf course and, and are really upset with the fact that they can't find out 
what was the Southeast score last night or what was the El Saline score, what, what they've been doing for the last 50 years. They're the guys that are upset, and they're the guys that are get, getting left behind. Uh, if they don't they don't catch up with social media, they're not going to get news. Yep, you're absolutely right. It's it's interesting, you know, from a standpoint of Slina Journal, since we're talking about that specifically. You know, they have some great Twitter accounts, and they definitely keep people informed. And and that's one of the ways I do follow news is yep. is following the Slina Journal sports on Twitter and and Slina Journal on Twitter and those kind of things. But at the end of the day, I understand the problem with that is. You know, it's it's hard to 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 monetize you know tweets that you have out on Twitter, um, you know, or a company that makes a lot of their money on advertising things like that. It definitely makes it difficult. So we're talking about quality a little bit, and and um, you know, being a regional paper and things like that. Uh, you know, I've noticed since you and I started talking about this over the last thirty days or so, the quality has really gone downhill. I didn't really notice it before, but I'm starting to notice it now. Yeah. Uh, just the other day, they they came out with the uh, uh, all volleyball, all league volleyball teams in the Ark Valley Chisholm Trail League, and that was in the paper. And uh, um, there was a gal that uh, plays for Central that was on there that I that I know. And uh, has a pretty simple name to spell, and they misspelled her name in multiple locations in the, in that article. So, uh, you know, it, it probably has. I don't know if those people are, you know, not local and those kind of things. But it was interesting to see that, you know, the names of all the people in the league throughout the the middle of Kansas, and one of the gals that was here local doesn't even get her name spelled right. So, uh, that's great. So uh, anything else you want to add to that topic before we move on? You know, I, I think uh, we'll get probably you'll you'll figure this out. Or if you know me at all, you already know this pretty conservative as far as, you know, the way my politics and things like that. I'm pretty conservative and and I'm afraid what's going to end up happening. And I feel like most of probably 80 percent of Salina is pretty conservative, but you're going to start getting fed news stories. They're, they're actually owned by Gatehouse Media, which is based out of New York. And, and when they have to have filler stories, you know, you're going to get the filler stories that are fed to the liberal East Coast. And then I, I'm, I'm thinking that's, what, that's what's more frustrating than anything. You're not going to get the uh, – we, we did talk a little bit about the radio stations here in town. I think Salina Post and KSAL Link, they both do a pretty good job yep. with uh, local stories, but they're limited – they don't have as many reporters out. Of course, you, they, they can't send a reporter to every one of the schools, but they do a pretty good job. But a lot of times they'll we, – we spend a lot of time on uh, government, uh, city hall, and uh, jail postings, which drive me crazy. I can't, who wants to get up and see who's in jail every morning? I mean, I know, I know there's a lot of people that say, hey, I check that first before uh, – whenever somebody's not at work, first thing I check is see if they're on the post. But when, I, when we got to doing that – I just can't stand it. I don't. I don't like having to get up and see the negative of the world yeah. every morning. Yeah, that's uh, you know that's something over the last probably ten years or so that started to pop up all over. You know, there's multiple sites that have that on there, and uh, you know, in the past, mm-hmm. obviously that that never existed. So um, I'm I'm kind of with you. I I don't know. I don't know that that's what that's kind of news I want. But I guess at the end of the day, they got to please their advertising and and get you know hits on their website and i guess if that's what uh gets them there then then good for them but i'm i'm with you not something that that i really care about so kevin's got a little little uh outline for us here today and uh but i want to jump into something else real quick what in the world happened to kansas state yesterday (laughs) well this is this is baffling yeah so originally how do you beat oklahoma at home 
and lose to West Virginia. My God, that would drive me well, crazy. I guess, you know, originally we did not have a sports <laughs> section on the uh, outline, but uh, I had a couple of topics as well that I was going to kind of spring spring up to you. So let's just get in, involved in that. You know, I, I don't know the answer to that. It, uh, it was definitely disappointing to watch. I had a lot to drink towards the end, so I wasn't really following much that was going no. on at the end there. It, uh, I honestly. They had a chance that if you weren't watching, they had a every opportunity in the world and a bad interception at the very end. And, uh, that's your quarterback. I, I, I honestly think that this is just a case of overlooking a team that, that yeah. you thought should be a yeah. comfortable win at home. Probably, um, you know, they beat, they barely beat KU. So I guess they, they could be considered better than KU, but definitely down at the bottom of the conference. And, I think it was just a, a case of overlooking. And, I mean, first play from scrimmage is, a, what, 70-some-yard pass play. Yep. And they said, well, we noticed on film that they give up a lot of big plays, so we were we wanted to go for the home run. How many times did we go for it after that? Zero. Yeah. So it just goes to show this team, when they can run the ball effectively, they do a pretty good job. Uh, when they can't run the ball, and we've had a lot of injuries at the running back position – it, we struggle, definitely struggle, and I think that was the yep. case. We didn't we didn't run the ball well last week against Texas, didn't run the ball well again against West Virginia, and and uh, you know I like Skylar Thompson. I, I'm glad he stuck around. I think he's going to be a pretty good quarterback for K State. But uh, when he has to drop back and pass, and and they know that that's coming, we we definitely struggle with that. Nice, like already said, I'm an Oklahoma Sooner fan, and I'm telling you by half, we've played three games straight now that we've played a half in three games. Yesterday, we chose to play the second half. First half, we were down by 25 points, 28 to 3 at one point. I read this morning when I got up that it's the largest comeback in school history and the biggest, the biggest lead overcome by half. I, I don't know what happened to Baylor in the second half. They never scored again after running up and down the field the whole first half. I don't think our defense went in and amazingly became, uh, you know, the Chicago Bears defense of 85 in, with one halftime speech. If they'd done that, we would, we would have, we'd still have Stoops coaching for us. I, I don't know what happened to them, but I'm sure the Baylor fans, Baylor's a pretty rowdy crowd as well. K-State's got a great home field advantage, and it's where you're, you're funny how you lose at home. It's just, it just kills you because you've got such a – and down last night in Waco, it looked like they were just partying away. Um, so I'm sure it's a tough environment, and how they laid down and scored zero points in the second half, I have no – but I would – put money on it right now that that will be the rematch in the big 12 yeah, I, I think with, with texas losing i think that's i think that's yeah. done so i look at it, look at their two schedules oklahoma has um two tcu at home and go to oklahoma state oklahoma state's tough and we don't stop the run very well so oklahoma state's a little bit scary but say you went one and one and then uh baylor's got a fairly easy route they've got texas at home and then at kansas uh, so they one and one for them. If say both of them go one and one in the next two games, they'll be playing for the Big yep. Twelve championship. And yeah, so this was actually one of the things I was going to spring up on you. So I, I did a little, I did a little research this morning. So for those of you that don't know, uh, the game Phillips talking about this, we're recording this on a Sunday. So this was uh, Saturday yesterday. The Sooners came back from a twenty-five point deficit on the road without their top receiver to beat Baylor. So definitely a, a, a good second half for them. But since 2014, teams were combined 0 and 162 when trailing a college football ranked playoff team by 25 
or more points. So definitely something that has never happened in the in the last you know five years. Uh, zero and 162 is is a pretty poor record there. And then the 20, they were down at 21 at half. So the the 21 point deficit OU overcame was the largest a team has overcome to beat an FBS team that entered a game nine and zero or better since the NCAA began classifications in 1937. So definitely a historic win. And do you know who? Uh, you know how many uh, the Baylor? I, I love going to the other teams' page the next day and seeing, especially when I play a te- we play a Texas team because. Uh, Oh boy, Texas! They, they want everybody fired the next day. They're just about as you know. And here, here we are on our third coach turning this thing around, and they haven't got it turned around yet. But anyway, we went. We went this morning. I looked at a couple of the Baylor pages, and they were saying that the refs cheated them. So I looked up, and uh, you know how many flags were thrown against Baylor in the entire game? One flag. Yep. That's a. That's a heck of a. I mean, that's a pretty clean team. You ever? I, I usually. If it's an 80-yard drive, I would say nine times out of ten, yep. there's at least a flag yep. per, per, per possession as much as they throw flags. Yesterday, they just weren't flung, throwing flags very much, and maybe maybe that's what they were upset about. Maybe they didn't throw enough flags for them. Yeah, the, the old bulletin uh, board stuff online is interesting. So, obviously, as we were talking a few minutes ago, K-State lost yesterday, and K-State came out with helmets, um, some throwback helmets to celebrate the 150th anniversary of college football. I am not kidding you when I tell you that people online were blaming the loss on the helmets because back when we wore those helmets back in the 80s, I don't I don't remember if it was one season or two seasons, but I think K-State didn't win a game with those helmets on. So they were literally blaming the fact that these guys were wearing the helmets for the loss. Well, the when K-State beat Oklahoma three weeks ago, the week prior to that, the schooner flipped you know the, the kid turned it too sharp and flipped the schooner the last time that it flipped 25 years ago we played k-state the next week and lost that game as well so that people were blaming our loss on the sooner schooner so you come up with some crazy theories yeah, so i heard that last night at the at the game there they had a video of the schooner tip over a few weeks ago which I believe a few people did get hurt uh, when that when that tipped over, and everybody in the stands that were that were rooting for Baylor cheered. And after that video was shown, that was when Baylor scored exactly zero points. So I, I don't know that I believe in karma. Um, I will tell you that out Baylor is is tough for me to root for. I mean, I I I like Matt Rule. I think he's a great guy. I think he's a great coach. I would root for that guy in in about any other school, but but Baylor and maybe one or two other ones that uh, you'll find out my opinions of as as this podcast goes on. But man, I tell you, Christian University going through you know all covering up all the sexual assaults. They got basketball players murdering each other. I know that's all in the past, you know, but try to try to cover it up and do a kind of a joke of an investigation. And I just can't root for that university. So how how did Baylor? In 2017, Baylor's record inside the conference was one and eight. Who's got the magic pill that turns it around? Where now they're uh, they're eight and one, I guess now. Uh, is that right? Seven and one in conference, uh, nine and one overall. But who, who sells that pill that can turn a team around? In my mind, I can't just come right out and say cheat. But I think Baylor's theory is 
if you ain't cheating, you ain't oh, trying. I mean, they did the same thing. Uh, I mean, I'd have to go back and look to, to quote specifics, but, you know, it was probably 10 years ago or so. They were at the bottom of the conference at everything. And they went from that to a, a baseball team that wins, wins conference championships, a women's basketball team that wins the national championship. Men's basketball team comes around and is in the Sweet 16 and tournament team every year. Football goes from 0 and 11, 1 and 10 type of seasons to 9 and 2 type. All this happens overnight. <laughs> two years, two years time. You cannot turn around a program in my mind. I don't know how you can turn around a program in uh, that's completely off the almost the death penalty, almost completely off the tracks. And two years later, you're a top 10 team. That's. I, if they knew how, if everybody else knew how to do that, you know what? Kansas would pay billions of dollars to get that someday. They've been trying to find that peel for 15, well, 20 years. They're paying billions now. right now on about three or four coaches' contracts. So, <laughs> so yeah, well, speaking right. of, of things that uh, I don't like, <laughs> well, Philip, you and I are finally going to agree on this. I, I've been on the fence. You know, as an OU fan, I know your opinion of Texas and the University of Texas. Yeah. So I don't know if you saw the uh, the K State Texas game a little over a week ago, but uh, there was something that happened there that man, it just I I, I kind of let it go. It didn't bother me too much, and it came back up in the middle of this week, and it's really just eating at me. So I'm just going to bring it up, see what your opinion of it is. But there was uh, one of their cornerbacks named Jalen Green, pretty late in the game, hit had a cheap shot on on one of K State's receivers. Did you did you see the video? See okay, okay. I didn't see. So it. yeah, so but I've seen their. So cheap he did shots get ejected the for the for the hit. Uh, they did call a penalty, yeah. got ejected, um, but the Big Twelve didn't suspend him further. I mean, this I'm not kidding you. This this is a play that is on the opposite side of the field. No one around there. The ball is literally about to get blown dead, and he just comes up and just levels our receiver. So it was it was uh, it was pretty it was pretty weak as as far as I'm concerned. Um, in my opinion, you know the the conference should have stepped in and said, "Hey, man, you, we can't have this. It that that's a cheap shot because he all he's he's going to get suspended for. He got suspended for the first half of the game Saturday. That's it. But our receiver's out for an indefinite period of time, oh, injured. Still. Yeah. Oh, he's still. So injured. I don't know how. At, at the end of the day, they the Big Twelve's got to come in and, and suspend him. That guy should at least have to sit out as long as that receiver is out for that cheap shot. I mean, that it, it was absolutely yeah. ridiculous. It was thirty yards away from the play, and he said he said he was he was trying to uh, break up a, a screen pass because it, we'd been eating him up with with screen passes that whole game. He was on the other side of the field from Eating the ball, so the yeah, that that one drove me a little crazy. What what really set me off this week is is so Thursday he came out with an apology. In my opinion, that's BS. Yeah, if, if you're sorry about that hit, you need to be apologizing Saturday. I, I'd give you Sunday as well if you wanted to come out Sunday and put something out there. But came out Thursday that the apology was an absolute joke that you know darn well he didn't write. Just put it on his Twitter, and that was it. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it fits Texas to a T. So, mediocre apology on Twitter. The graphic they put it in, you, you couldn't read it at all. And and I am not a Tom Herman fan. I mean, I think, uh, pardon my French, I think he's a douchebag He is a whiner. He's the biggest crybaby on the sidelines I've ever seen. The uh, You know, if we go back, just talking about this Texas deal, in my opinion, they thanks to them, the Big 12 is not as good a conference as it was because 
Nebraska basically left because of Texas. I would love to still have Nebraska in our conference. Missouri basically done with Texas. Uh, everything I read was they didn't have any problem with anybody else in the conference. They did not want Texas they calling were. all the shots. Yep. And they were calling all the shots at the time. To me, they weakened our conference terribly. I, I wouldn't have been upset at all if Texas would have went to, uh, I think they talked about going like to the Pac-10, going out west. They're probably a better fit for – I'm just glad that it ended the way it ended. I, I mean, at least we didn't all leave the Big 12, but I, but I blame them completely. And, and I think everybody else in the conference blames them completely. And it's their, their up and comings is they're always yeah, back this back. year. We're back. Yeah. They're not. They, they are, are one yet. of the most overrated teams on an annual basis. I mean, at the end of the day, the Big Twelve has to have a good Oklahoma and a good Texas, just for perception and and getting those yep. those people that decide who's in the playoffs. Uh, you know, making us look good. Well, they have a top recruiting class year after year after year, and I don't know what goes on. This is a different coaching staff than at the end of Mac Brown's. I, I think it was time for Mac Brown to go, and I think Mac Brown's a wonderful coach. And probably a great players coach to play for, but something happened in his recruiting the last few years where the amount of talent was not there whenever he left, and they brought the last coach in before Herman. That guy didn't get much of a chance, but I don't think he was a big fan favorite hire. Well, he's not doing with. well at, at South Florida. I mean, he's coaching for his job right now. <laughs> no. Ward, Charlie what's Strong. His name? Yep. Charlie yeah, Strong. definitely yeah, wasn't Charlie a popular hire. They were waiting for the first time to get him out, did it. And, you know, I, I, I honestly, I thought I, I don't like Tom Herman as a person. I don't like him as a coach. I, I think his teams play very dirty. Uh, but at the end of the day, I really did think he could get Texas turned around in pretty short time. And we all know that there's athletes there. I so. thought he would, too. Oh, they've got the athletes. That's, Oklahoma's team is riddled with kids from Dallas and Houston and San Antonio. And, you know, they get the bulk of them. They, so the talent is so there. Do, is there any membership dues or anything i get for being in the i hate texas fan club uh, right along we'll with the sooners you, no, no we'll get you a hook em horn shirt with the upside down i saw last night after the game uh they were somebody was turning horns down at them the whole game i guess that and now the big 12 conference told the oklahoma kids that they would get a a, a penalty for turning the you talk about a soft world we can't put our yeah. horns down and in the middle of their fight song, the Texas fight song, they chant, oh, you sucks, in the middle of their fight song, no matter where they're playing. Oh, you always sucks. Well, that's probably uh, a topic for another podcast as far as uh, <laughs> college fans <laughs> chanting things yeah. that aren't very nice for other yeah. schools even when, they're not, uh, even when they're not playing that school. So, I've been to quite a few away games, but fortunately for us, we never have to play Texas at Texas. So I've never been in Texas Stadium. I have no idea. All I know is it's named after yep. a Sooner quarterback. It's uh I I've been there a couple times. I love Austin. I love the town. It's a great time. The the stadium itself is 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 interesting. It's very large, but man, I tell you what, I've been to Texas basketball games too and and everybody just sits there. It's one of the most boring yeah. game atmospheres I've been in. Um I I know that's not that they don't care. Oklahoma basketball is the same way. It's the stands are bad. We have bad setup in the arena. K State's great because you're right on top of this. The kids are right on top of it, and you have a great student section. Oklahoma doesn't even yep. have a student section, which is pitiful. And college basketball is for the college kids, smallest student section probably in yep, the league. I was I went to the K State OU game in in Norman. It was it was a weeknight game, but I would guess there was probably six seven hundred students there maybe yep. at that game. Yeah. It's too far off of campus. It's 
I wish they would move it back on campus. The the arena down there is too small. It's where they yeah. wrestle and everything at. But but Lloyd Noble Center is a bad bad basketball gym. Well, hey, let's move on to something else here. Um, so this is something else that, that just kind of popped up yesterday, to be honest with you. I mean, it, there was some discussion about it during the week, but uh, did you follow any of the Kaepernick stuff going on yesterday? Oh, man. I did. Uh, so, so just to everybody that's, that's listening out there that doesn't know what I'm talking about, uh, you know, I'm sure you know Colin Kaepernick. I'm sure you know you've heard all about what's going on and, and obviously not being a part of the NFL now for three years. Uh, because of the whole kneeling during the during the national anthem and and where that took off from him and and what he's done so so just so you know yesterday the NFL had originally scheduled a workout to take place at the Atlanta Falcons facility at I think it was 3 p.m. if I remember correctly and at about 2:30 Kaepernick's camp decided that there was there were there was a disagreement between them and the NFL um, on between those two sides as far as a liability waiver and media availability. And so at about 2.30, so about 30 minutes before that was supposed to take place, Kaepernick made an announcement that they weren't going to do it at 3 o'clock at the, at the Falcons facility, and that, in fact, they were going to do it at, at 4 o'clock at like a high school or a college or something about an hour away from there. So NFL had about 25 representatives or representatives from about 25 different teams there. Obviously, that's a huge inconvenience for them to after they had all set up ready to go and then he says, "Hey, sorry, we're not we're not going to do it there. We're going somewhere else." And you know, they had to make some decisions and and most of them did not end up going to the other facility. I think there was only about 7 or 8 teams that that ended up uh, driving across town. So I think they said they ended up with 8 NFL teams on Saturday. I, I mean, I, is, is, so, so is he just? Too, here's my question: Is he just too stupid to understand what what's going on? I mean, this whole tryout from the NFL standpoint and them agreeing, in my opinion, was to test to see if he could do a workout without making it a media distraction. I mean that that's what he's known for. That's what he's done the last three years. Everything, everything is 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 all about media and and publicity. So, you know, what does he do here? You know, the NFL finally sets us up. He makes it about him and the media. I mean, that's that's exactly what he did here. He, you know, you want to know why nobody wants to sign you? I'll tell you why. This was to set up by the NFL to see if he could be a professional. I read that I read that the NFL bent over backwards yep. and met every demand, even even some demands that were uh, like be, the being filmed. Yep. You know, the, he wanted his own people doing all the filming. He wanted to bring his own receivers in. He wanted to, everything set up for him. Yep, and he still yep. And the Still NFL, I mean, they're looking at this. They're saying, "Okay, can this guy be professional? Can he deal with profession? You know, with uh, pressure? Can he can he deal with the scrutiny he's going to see? Can he take care of business without being at the center of attention and, and do it with minimal fanfare?" I mean, th- there's no doubt the guy's in great shape. I mean, you can see it. It sounded like the workout went pretty well. He did pretty good. Um, you know, he's he's obviously keeping himself in shape. And and I don't think I don't think he has the talent to be a starter in the league unless it's a just a really weird situation. But I do think he's good enough to be a second or third string. I think he could make a good living, make a good paycheck, and really not have a lot of responsibility. Um, you know, just kind of being a backup and jumping in when he needs to. But well, I think with these left wing groups out there that have grabbed a hold of him. He's been making a pretty good living. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's doing all right. There's no doubt. I mean, the whole Nike thing and them signing him up. I know he got a pretty big check for that. But, 
and and I understand the NFL obviously had a big situation with him three years ago when all that stuff went down, and and that's what their concern is. They don't want to have a, a repeat of that, so they're trying to to make it somewhat difficult. You know, on his behalf, the NFL is trying to make it difficult for him to to get back in. They don't want to deal with those issues, but I think at the end of the day, he failed the test. At the uh, the eight teams that went ahead and went over uh, was the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. I can see maybe a backup. New York Jets has got a rookie uh, quarterback that probably they take a veteran, but I don't know why you'd want to uh, take a rookie quarterback and have him as the backup and such a distraction. Why would you do that to your – and then Washington Redskins, terrible. San Francisco 49ers, Detroit Lions, and Tennessee Titans. Guess who the eighth one was? The Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs. That's uh, what in the world. Hey, I like the backup for the Kansas City Chiefs. He, he, he did pretty well. for a couple of weeks yep, there, absolutely. didn't he? Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, this is just my opinion, but the only way he's going to get back in the league, he's got to stop with the media stuff, all the distractions. He's got to make it about football again. And uh, I, I just don't think he's smart enough to figure that out. And I think yesterday proved that. No. So. He's 32 years old, too, so where are you going to go yep. with the 30? 30- I mean, he hijacked the entire day that the NFL set up for him just to, to get that spotlight again, and that is absolutely not what the NFL wants to deal with. So, You know what? One, the, one of the waivers that he uh, evidently wouldn't sign is a waiver that prevents players from claiming entitlement to workers' comp if there's an injury. <laughs> hey, so what are you looking for here? You looking for a workers' comp check? Turf toe. It's unbelievable. All right, so now we're going to get to the food portion of the podcast. Uh, this is going to be something we talk about quite a bit on this podcast. I am a self-proclaimed foodie myself. I love to try new stuff. I have a lot of opinions about food. Um, I'm one of those guys that b- truly believes there is a difference between eating and dining. And so... That is, a, that is a topic we're going to talk about a lot. I, I have some friends that don't understand why I am the way I am, and they eat because they have to to stay alive, but I am definitely not of that camp. So something Philip and I have been talking about over the last month or so, uh, it's definitely uh, become popular again and hit the media and uh, social media here lately, and that is the new Popeye's chicken sandwich. So, so yeah, it's... Uh, and I, Kevin, told me last week that there was a hour long wait at, in Manhattan at the yeah, drive through window. Correct. Is that correct? Yeah, drive through window to get the sandwich. And I said that is the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard. And then I ate a Popeye's chicken sandwich. And I'm going to tell you, I went for another one. <laughs> so yeah, so what we wanted to do was we we're gonna have we were gonna have a a conversation about the the Popeyes chicken sandwich versus Chick Fil A. So, I, one of the things I would like uh, as as this podcast continues is I, I definitely want to get our listeners involved. So I I posted a little poll. We didn't have a lot of people respond to it. We did have quite a few people respond to it, and I, I'm learning how to market and do things on social media as well. So it's probably my fault was definitely overwhelming in in the uh, on on the Popeye side over Chick-fil-A. We had a couple guys who threw in a Brahms chicken sandwich there and and I yeah, and a Wendy's chicken sandwich. I hey, a Wendy's chicken sandwich doesn't even come close I, I to a Popeye's chicken sandwich. And I would even say that Chick-fil-A, nothing bad about Chick-fil-A. There's I'm just going to break it down for you. I had my first ever last Sunday afternoon had my first ever Popeye's chicken sandwich. 
by the time I got home, I had this great taste in my mouth. I loved the breading on it. It was about an inch, inch and a half thick piece of chicken, you know, really thick and lots of good breading. And I'm a breadings guy. And the and the bun itself was good, but then the spicy sauce and about five pickles probably. So all that together, the spice, the taste of the pickle, the bread itself, um, the bun, I mean, and, and the breading was spicy breading. Um, I got home and said, that might be the best chicken sandwich I've ever ate in my life. And this is coming from a guy. I grew up, uh, my dad owned a restaurant, grew up in the restaurant business, started cooking when I was about 12, and I thought I was a heck of a grill cook and a heck of a, uh, I never made a chicken sandwich that good. Well, then during the week, I saw Kevin's posted the poll, and I thought, well, I've got to go back over and try a Chick-fil-A spicy chicken sandwich. So I went and got the spicy. It's a little bit smaller, still had a lot of flavor, and it could have been the cook of the day that did this. There was only two pickles on there. I think part of the deal is the mix of the pickle and the spice together just puts off a flavor explosion in your mouth. They didn't have enough pickles, in my opinion, and the bun is a lot smaller, and the piece of chicken itself is smaller than the the Popeye's. So it's not... Even though the taste was great, I didn't have any problem with it. But if I had my choice and it was going to be my last meal, I would, uh, I would well, my last meal of a chicken sandwich, not my last <laughs> meal. We'll talk about our last meals maybe later. But my, uh, if it was my last uh, choice between the two chicken sandwiches, definitely Popeye's, definitely. I'm, I'm going to disagree you- with that 100%. So I, I will agree, and I am a pickle expert. I love pickles. And Popeye's pickles are, are very good. And I do agree that you need a lot more pickles on a chicken sandwich than, than what Chick-fil-A does. But let me, I'll tell you about my Popeye's yep. experience. So my daughter and I went in there. It was about 7 o'clock or so on a weeknight. I don't remember, a Wednesday, Thursday night. Um, walked up there. A couple people in there, so definitely not uh, not a huge line or anything like that. A couple people waiting on their food. One guy had been waiting for 20 minutes for his food. And, and this is just a Popeye's issue I have in general because this is not an isolated incident from my standpoint. But uh, short version of the story, the guy had been waiting 20 minutes for fries that had been sitting in on the counter for about 15. Um, I, I ended up waiting for about 10 minutes. I watched the, the gals uh, behind the counter have a hard time counting to three when they were dishing out some three-piece chicken tenders. Both of them came back with only two. Well, hopefully they. Well, give they you did. Four. They corrected it by giving more. Miss but, on the high uh, side. No, unfortunately for them, it was uh, two chicken tenders in each one of those three pieces. So both of those customers had to come uh, back up. So I, I, it was kind of funny watching it. At, at one point, there was a group of. Well, there was about six or seven people that came in at the same time. There were a couple groups, I think. But the manager told the gal behind the counter that she's not to be taking orders, and they need to fill these other orders. And there was only me and one other person waiting there. So it was it was an interesting experience. Um, I saw him kind of stressed out a little bit. But uh, got the sandwich. It had been sitting there a while. Um, she When she went to fill the order, she grabbed one of the bags that was up on the shelf, and there was a whole bunch of them up there. So I, I was wondering what that was going to be like. Got home, ate the sandwich. It was good. I definitely agree. The, the chicken is bigger. I do like the breading on it. I, I like the size of it. it. You definitely get a little bit more for your money's worth. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, I'm a Chick-fil-A guy. I go there a couple times a week, and uh, I, I love the Chick-fil-A sandwich. I love the, the help they have there. It's always well-trained. Um, I've, I've never had any problems with orders. Um, you know, 
ask them anything. They'll get it taken care of for you. I've even been difficult a time or two. Jimmy, if you're listening, I know it's hard for you to believe that, but uh, I I've definitely can get difficult uh, when I'm when I'm dealing with food, and the people at Chick-fil-A uh, definitely uh, take care of me. So when I had that sandwich, my only issue with it was the bun was soggy. So when I bit into it, that bun just disintegrated in my hands. So I'm thinking, you know what, 7 o'clock at night, sandwich had been sitting around a while. I'm going to give it another shot before we record this podcast. This is your Popeye's. This is my Popeye's chicken, chicken sandwich. sandwich. Yep. Was soggy. No, no one wants so a soggy I said, bun. you know what? Maybe it was a bad night. They were having problems. I'm going to give it another go. I, I don't think it was a fair shake. So definitely uh, went back again for sandwich number two. I've, I've had hundreds of Chick-fil-A sandwiches, so I don't need to try that one again. I know how I feel about that one. So definitely went in there. Number two, tried it, was better. I will give him that. The bun wasn't soggy this time. I gave it a fair shake. What I did realize, though, the first time, it didn't have the spicy sauce on it. So oh, well, even though I ordered a spicy oh, chicken sandwich, time. I just got a regular one. Yeah. So the second one was definitely spicier. Um, I, I did enjoy it. I would go back and eat it all day, but I'm on the Chick-fil-A side. There you go. Imagine that. We don't agree. We're going to podcast number don't agree on one, but two. I'm going to write this down because by the end of the week, we're, I mean, end of the year, hopefully we have hundreds of things Here's we disagree on. Here's my thing with, with Chick-fil-A, and we're talking specifically about the chicken sandwich. However, the sides at Chick-fil-A, those waffle fries are 10 times better than any side you can get at, at Popeye's. And that Chick-fil-A sauce, I could drink that stuff out of a cup. Okay. My favorite thing on a side is, uh, and I, I've always thought I was an expert at coleslaw. They make pretty good coleslaw at Chick-fil-A, if you ever eat coleslaw. Now, I'm a, I'm a coleslaw lover. If I have a, go to a place that has sides, and coleslaw can be made hundreds of different ways, and so I'm always interested in any restaurant I go in to see how good their coleslaw is. And very few places make it as good as I used to make it, I uh, we we had a huge salad bar in our restaurant, and our dad had us making homemade. So it, you know the flavor changed a little bit, but we had a pretty decent recipe. But ours was more um, had more mayonnaise in it. It was a sort of a richer these they're all these that you get now at the fast food places. Even though I kind of liked uh, Popeye's side there, uh, they're dry. Yep. The, Just uh, cabbage. Yep. Always dry. Cabbage, yep. Just cabbage, and I I want it to be. I want to have plenty of uh, what comes with it when you're mixing it. You're mixing uh, yep. mayonnaise. Oh, you got to have buttermilk butter. in there. Oh, yeah. Buttermilk. Butter oh, yeah. So if you put enough buttermilk and mayonnaise in it, and then I'm a big yep. – pe pepper is my favorite side, so I eat lots of pepper. I If I it's really peppered well, coleslaw. Well, I think we've got uh, another face-off because I have a coleslaw recipe that I make that uh, in the summertime – any family get-togethers, anything like that, I always, when I say, what can I bring, everybody always says, bring your coleslaw. So we, we might have to uh, do a little taste-off between those two. But I'm with you, man. Mayonnaise and buttermilk yep. and lemon juice. Yep. Those three things together, yep. I think uh, that, that secret ingredient, though, is the buttermilk. So that's, uh, that's something that I, I guess we're sharing with you now. That, I love coleslaw. I'm a col big coleslaw fan as well. Funny enough, one of my favorite coleslaws is at a restaurant that I absolutely do not like, Red Lobster. Where is it? Their coleslaw is actually really, really good. It's good. So they can't. Yeah, it is. And it has more. It has more mayonnaise and more. Yeah. 
It's definitely creamier. It's uh, they can't make a, they can't grill a fish to save their life there. At least here in Salina, but the the coleslaw and those biscuits are good. So, well, the last segment I've got here um, as as we finish out the first episode, one of the things that I'd like to do is, uh, as if you can't tell, I I, I like to cook. Uh, I, I I do that quite often, and I'm going to share a recipe at the end of every podcast. Uh, for some of our listeners to, to give it a shot. Definitely want you to try it out. Tell me what you think about it. Tell me what you changed. I'm always open to uh, trying some new things with, with even my recipes as well. Uh, it's, it's starting to, should be starting to get colder here pretty soon. And uh, for me and my family, that means soup time. We love soups. I love putting things in the crock pot, letting them sit in there all day. So this is, this is one that we eat all the time at my house. Uh, chicken and wild rice soup man i love that stuff um anytime i go to a place and i see it on the menu i gotta try it so i i started i started with a, a recipe online tweaked it a little bit and i will post this on our facebook page after after the podcast is out so you don't have to write this down as i'm talking but uh definitely go there give it a shot tell me what you think so one thing I will note is that wild rice, you have to get the wild rice. Don't get any kind of mix um, where it's mixed with other kinds of rice. has to be 100% wild rice. Unfortunately, at least last time I checked, Dylan's has stopped carrying it here in Salina, so you got to go to Walmart to get it. And so when I go, I usually get about three or four bags. That'll get me through the winter um, when I make this. But uh, it's pretty simple to make, to be honest with you. Um, all you do, this is a crock pot recipe. Take uh, one cup of that uncooked wild rice, put it in a strainer, rinse it off. It's got a little dust and stuff on it, so you want to make sure you get rid of all that. Um, put that uh, in the uh, in the uh, slow cooker with uh, some chicken breasts. It says a pound, but I just grab a couple chicken breasts, throw it in there. And then two cups of mirepoix, which if you don't know what that is, that is celery, carrots, and onion kind of chopped up all mixed together. Um, there's no, no, it's two cups of that, but there's no ratio. It's kind of what you like to do. So I usually do two or three stalks, stalks of celery, a couple carrots, you know, chop them up pretty small. Uh, so they're not too big. Um, and, uh, and then usually about a half to three quarters of, of a yellow onion. So, but you can mix that up however much you like. If you don't like onions, put more celery, carrots in there, that sort of thing. Um, and chop it up as big or small as, as you like. I mean, again, at the end of the day, this is not not baking. It's not specific. So, And then just dump uh, six cups of uh, chicken broth in there and then a teaspoon of poultry seasoning. So you can get any kind of poultry seasoning. It's just sage, rosemary, maybe a little bit of thyme. Just kind of dump some in there. And then put all that in the crock pot and just let it go. Not a lot to it. So let that go um, when it's... Uh, it usually takes about oh four to five hours on on medium to high, maybe seven to eight hours on low. Uh, just looking to get that chicken cooked through. Um, the rice will be soft, which you'll see it floating. No big deal there. Um, take those chicken breasts out, shred them up with a couple forks, throw it back in there. Put a little salt and pepper in there, and uh, and then we're gonna make uh, a little bit of cream. So you, you take some whole milk, you take some flour and butter, mix it all together. And, and stir it in there. That's all it is to it. So, uh, again, I'll post it on there, but, uh, you know, it's all about what you like. So if you if you want to put more vegetables, less vegetables, more rice, less rice, it doesn't matter. You can do anything you want. So um, 
give it a shot and let me know how it goes. Um, I'm thinking about it, and I'm kind of upset that I didn't do that for dinner tonight because I'm getting pretty hungry. <laughs> do you uh, you remember the oh, sweaty yeah. balls episode oh, on yeah. Saturday Night Live? I was over here thinking to myself, I should be going, mmm, that's that tastes good. Yep. It's really good, Kevin. Yep. Okay, uh, hey, we're about to wrap up. We've uh, We've been here with you for an hour. Really thank you for listening to us. Let Kevin sign us off. But uh, next week, uh, and we'll take ideas from people. If anybody wants us to talk about us or anything in particular, we'd love to just we'd love to have ideas. But I think next week we're going to delve into. Uh, Kevin and I've both been fortunate enough to travel a little bit and get to eat uh, at some pretty cool places, and, and hopefully we do end up talking a lot about food. But um, but next week I think we're going to talk about some of the favorite places that we've been, traveled, um, and yep. ate at. Uh, so that ought to be a fun a fun conversation for an hour because I can talk about places I've been um, and places I love to eat for more than an hour. I could make two yeah, episodes. Well, I have a feeling we're going to have some pretty good travel stories, so um, it's probably going to be pretty entertaining. But, uh, yeah, I, I uh, second Philip Sentiment. Thanks for listening. Um, and we're doing this for our listeners as well. I mean, we want, we're enjoying this and, and doing this on our own, but we want to entertain you. So uh, if you guys don't listen to it, you don't download it, then this won't last very long. So if you have any topics you want us to discuss, let us know. Give me a call. Give Philip a call if you know us. Put it on our Facebook page, however you want to do it. So at the end of the day, that's what we want is we want to uh, entertain you guys and give you guys information that you're looking for. And so uh, – you know, maybe if you come up with a good enough idea, we'll just have you come on and, and talk about it with us. That's right. Bring your own. Microphone. Oh, I'm sure we can get another microphone. So <laughs> but thanks for listening to our and, and having interest in our podcast. And if you like it, you know, the one thing you can really do to help us out is to uh, go rate us and uh, subscribe to that podcast. If you if you subscribe to it, then as we drop new episodes, they will automatically download so you can listen to them and it'll let you know that, that it's there. So those are the kind of things that will help us understand who's listening and, uh, you know, what's going on and, and, uh, helps us with, you know, other, other people looking for podcasts like this. So just to, if you have any questions about that, shoot us a note on our Facebook page and I'm more than happy to, to help you out with that. So anything else, Philip, before we close? That's it. Thanks for joining us. And, uh, Look on Facebook, and it is the uh, Kevin and Philip Project, and uh, share it with your yep. friends. If you, yep, the more likes we get, the more downloads we get, the more ratings we get, the better things we'll get. So, all right, well, we'll be back with our next episode here in the next couple of weeks. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Kevin and Philip Project podcast. If you would like more information about our podcast, guests, and to join in on the discussion, please visit our Facebook page www.facebook.com slash Kevin Phillip Project. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends about us.